0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. Coming up on In Flight Snack, Bilal and I are finally back together. It's been over a week since we last talked. We talked about where the Jets stand right now, going into Giants Week, coming out of the bye week. We talked about the season that's been so far. We looked ahead to what could possibly happen and we answered a ton of fan questions. So if you didn't get your questions in, we'll answer them next week again, also. But great job by Bilal answering all these awesome fan questions. So uh, a really fun episode, all that and a whole lot more coming up next on in flight snack. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by bet online. The last of the major pro sports league kicks off this week and bet online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season with MLB postseason NFL and college football, the NHL in full swing bet online is your number one source for all your wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to bet online today to get in on the action. And don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts.
0: Back to throw is Hurts, looks left, throws left, it's intercepted, picked off, running right Tony Adams, he's inside the 25, breaks a tackle, down to the 10-yard line! It's a toss for Powell, he's got the angle,
1: he's got blockers, Powell working the sidelines, Powell goes all the way, touchdown Jets!
0: Well protected. Looks left. Heaves a bomb down the middle of the field. It is broken up by Jordan Whitehead. The Jets are gonna win it. Yo, it's Quinn Wins here, and you listen to in-flight snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's
1: make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Rami Lavi. That's Bilal Powell. It's been a minute since we've done this, but we finally are doing it. It's Tuesday. It's been over, over a week since we last spoke. And right now, the Jets, they're three and three. We've made it through the bye. It's Giants week, and we'll talk more about the Giants later this week. But for this episode, we'll focus mostly on the Jets. They're three and three at the bye. They've made it to this point. We're feeling good about this team. And I was feeling pretty, pretty positive, right? It was a good week for the Jets because the Dolphins lose and they look terrible. The Bills lost. They look terrible. The Patriots won, which by the way, nobody's talking about how the Patriots in this bad division, they have a win on the, against the Jets and they just snuck back into this division race. But we'll talk about all that. You should be feeling good about this team right now. And then last night I'm driving home from work and that song, that Ed Sheeran song comes on where he's going, Ooh, I love it when you do it like that. And I'm like, that song that they played when Rodgers was throwing all the highlights during the during hard knocks and they're playing the Rodgers clips. And I'm like, again, just devastated because where would we be if we had Aaron Rodgers right now? And all of a sudden, I got this pit in my stomach where I'm starting to think, oh boy, this is going to be a terrible game against the Giants and our season is going to gonna get derailed. You've been there. 2011, that's what happened. How are you feeling right now? A week removed from the big win against the Eagles. Now it's Giants week. And as we look forward to the rest of the season, how are you feeling about this Jets team?
0: I feel I feel very positive about them. I, I think they're in a good place.
1: I was hoping you'd say that because I need someone to save me right now. I need some positivity. I, I,
0: I, listen, I'm, I'm going to be all positive because at the end of the day, I, I'm sitting surprised right now at three and three. I think all this, the entire fan base is sitting surprised. Uh, sitting here surprised being three and three having a good opportunity going in playing not so much of the same New York Giants we're used to seeing when I was playing but I mean we're we're sitting at a good place man right now
1: yeah no it's definitely not the same Giants team and like I said we'll talk about the Giants a little bit later but I want to talk uh for now about this Jets season because it feels like this is the halfway point even though it's not I know but it's a it's a time to take a look back and I do want to talk to you and we'll get to this later in the episode about bye weeks because I have a lot of questions as a fan and I'm sure fans listening have a lot of questions. We don't know how bye weeks necessarily work, right? How does the bye week work? What are guys doing? What are they doing? The Jets are one in nine coming off of their last 10 buys. That's not very good. The only one is a year we referenced a lot. The last time you guys had a winning record and that was 2015. You guys won a game coming out of the buy. So what is the proper way to go around about the buy?
0: Honestly, with me uh, as a player, and I can only speak from a, a player's perspective. I got away from the game. You you have to get away from the game. It's it's a very long season. Get your family. Get away from the game. I don't want to see any teammates on vacation. I don't want to see anything. To, I don't want anything to do with the with the football, the facility. I don't want anything to do with that. But you, I thought, also be a professional when you walk away from that building and understand that the season is still going on. So keep yourself in football mode. When you're going on vacations, when you're getting away with your family, you need to find some time to think about football. Do some workouts, uh, get some recovery going on. Get your mind away from the game, rejuvenate, recover, and get back to the season, man. Because at the end of the day, it's not over. And I think when you look at the entire thing, the New York Jets players when they leave that facility, going into the the when it's going into the bye week now coming back they should be excited about the rest of the season. Honestly, the way it's laid out with the next three opponents, the next three weeks, they're not very good opponents. Like, I don't want to overlook any of them, but they're not guys that we should be worried about, like the Kansas City Chiefs or the Philadelphia Eagles, those type of caliber teams. These teams are beatable that are in front of us right now and sitting at three and three with a, uh, a iffy division. We're sitting good right now in the green and white.
1: I agree. And that's, that's the thing. This team is actually in a really good spot, as good a spot as you've been in. And what was different though, about maybe Todd Bowles and how he went around about the buy um, in 2015 that led you guys to win. Was there something different that he did that other coaches didn't?
0: Well, I know with Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan was like, Hey, you guys get away from the building. And, and, and sometimes a coach can give you too. They can give you too many days off. And sometimes guys get checked out, you know. I think sometimes, uh, depending on where you're sitting right now in the standings, has a lot to do with the mentality. I think the New York Jets, knowing how good they are right now, being three and three in the bye week, I think they take that winning, winning mentality, and I think they say, "Hey, you know what? Let's stay, let's sit around in the building. Let's have a let's have a light practice up until Thursday. Then we can get a few days off or a mini vacation or whatever it is to keep you in that game mode." Ty Bowles was, hey. You guys are coming in till Thursday, and, and I remember I remember the same the same thing everyone was saying is the New York Jets never win coming off of the bye week, and I remember Todd Bowes emphasizing that hey guys when you get away from here you need to do everything necessary to make sure you're ready to go, and you we hit the ground running when we're back in the building and, and no distractions minimize the, the distractions you don't need to leave the country you don't need to do all these things if you want to get away somewhere small. But make sure you're doing the small things that's going to help you when you get back and benefit the team for the remainder of the season.
1: So that year was an early buy. Also, it was a very early buy. It was week five. You were three and one at the time. Do you prefer an early buy to a later buy? Is there a benefit for one over the other?
0: I like the early buys. I, I, I like the early buys. Get it out the way, and then you play quarter ball. I think when we came off of that year, I want to say that we played. Did we play the Dolphins? I Did just. We play had the it
1: up. Yeah, I'll, I'll grab I think it up we played again. the
0: Dolphins in London that year, and then we so, came back.
1: Yeah, was, the bye week you know, was week five. You played at Miami. I maybe that was in London to in get to London. three and one. Yep. Bye week, and then home Washington.
0: Yep, we lost to the. Win. I think we yeah we, Washington. Yep. Washington. I got hurt. I was out for six, five games or so, or something like that. I want to say. And then we ran the table. Honestly, I think, you know, we handle business, honestly, man. I think I think Todd Bowles did a good job of just emphasizing, hey guys, this let's not let's not think the season is over. You know what I mean? Because when you have that 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 middle of the season to late bye, you're almost burnt out and you're just like looking for the bye week. Whereas if you have it early, it's like, okay, we got a bye week now back to football. I think I think the early buys for me went a lot better than the later buys, middle of the season to late because you're just trying to get to that Bowie because you're so beat up in the season where now you get an opportunity to just get away for a little bit, a little mini vacation to get back to football.
1: Well, that might've been the only time in your career that you won coming off a of bye. I'm quickly checking, but this team hasn't won coming off a of buy since then. And the thing about that is the team went two and four after that, right? They come off the buy, they they go, they win the first game and then they go one and four from there on out. And then you guys ran the table. So like you said, there's something interesting where maybe the early bye still, you kind of felt that juice later in the season where you started to gel, but this with this team now getting back to this year, this team needs to focus right now. The time is now because like you mentioned, the three games coming off the buy are easy games. So how do you think this team comes out prepared? They can't have a lull after the buy. They have to go hard. How do you think this team is going to be prepared for the next three games?
0: Honestly, I like the fact that we're coming off of a buy and we're technically back at home. At a home game, it's not an away game, right? I, well, I, get it. I just gonna, heard from go. Tiki
1: today. He told me that you play, you stay in your own locker room. You stay, you stay in, in your, own...
0: your own locker room. Yep. You know, the only thing that's going to change is maybe the color things going on around the stadium and pulling up. You see, you know, you're going to see more Giants fans tailgating or whatever it may be. But you're back at MetLife. I mean, how, how, how great for, I guess the football guys are listening to you finally, Rami. They're they're listening to you say, "Hey, man, how do we have to lay this thing out for About us?" About damn time, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. So now you you're coming off of a bye week. You're back at MetLife playing against you know you you pretty much the battle of the city. It's a big game. The Giants aren't playing well. We're playing well enough, right? I think we're shocking everyone being three and three over. You know the New York Giants sitting at what two, two and four, two and five, two and four. So I I just feel like we're in a better position than the New York Giants. And it's just going to be a fun game. It's going to be one of those just fun games. And I think our defense, all right, let's be honest, our defense is going to play a lot better than the New York Giants offense.
1: Yeah, two and five. And I'm glad they won because if they were desperate for a win, if they're one and six desperate for a win, that would scare me more. But so I'm kind of glad they won. But again, we'll talk more about the Giants on next episode. Let's talk about the Jets. Right now, if you had to give a report card, because this is the semester, I guess, right? The first mm-hmm. six weeks. If you had to give a grade, I want you to go, and we did this with Joe last week when you weren't on. I want you to give us a grade for the offense, the defense, special teams, coaching. We go position by position. Um, I didn't give mine yet, so you'll start with offense. I'll take the offense, and then we'll we'll flip-flop, all right?
0: Okay, man, I'll definitely have to start with the offense. i have to give them a C-minus. I have to give our offense a C-minus. And the only reason I'm even giving them a C-minus is because I don't think they're playing good football right now. Not, not with Zach Wilson back there. But Zach Wilson is doing everything we need him to do. He's taking care of the football. Now it, Do we, do we want to see him get in the red zone and score more points? Absolutely. He's doing exactly what they need him to do. And that's just manage it. We're not looking for him to come out and throw for 300 yards. We're just looking for Zach man Zach Wilson, come out, manage the team, take care of the football. So I'm gonna have to get him a C minus. Uh I think they can improve in a lot of places. I think one, you still have to continue to get Brees Hall involved with the with the offense. I think you still have to find a way to get Garrett Wilson the ball, get creative with him moving him around. And now that McCall Hartman, who I've been screaming for to come. Now that he's gone, I think you have to just continue to find ways to do these gadget plays. I think the New York Jets play better football when everyone is involved with the game plan, when everyone is touching the ball. I think that's the best football we've seen. We saw it in Can- versus Kansas City. When everyone is touching the ball, when everyone is involved with everything, I think it allows the the real superstars to, to play even better. Now, because they're not the, the opponent doesn't have to lock in on them. They have to worry about everybody. So it opens up lanes for the guys that are the big time players, but I have to go with a C minus man. What about you?
1: I have a C plus here's why, because look, Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be here. And if you look at it, breaking it down by unit, and I don't want to talk about the play calling because that I'm going to, when I talk about coaching, I'll factor that into my grade. So if we're just talking about the actual players, Um, the offense, Zach Wilson, he's probably for his standards. He's probably an a because you know, uh, he has never been even close to this good. Still. I'd give him an F, but by his standards, it's an a, but by NFL standards, it's probably an F, but the running back Brees Hall is much healthier and they're leaning on him much better, much sooner than I thought they were going to be able to. That's an a plus for them. The offensive line, I'd give them probably a B plus, which I thought this was going to be a C minus or a D level offensive line. And yet They've been probably like a BB plus offensive line. The wide receivers, I think there's, yeah, with all the injuries and sustaining everything. So the tight ends, the offensive line, I think the tight ends and the wide receivers, I think they've also been a solid B. So I think they're better than I expected at a lot of positions. The only position that they're really worse at is the position that we need most going to Nicole Hardman for a second, before we talk about the defense, an interesting tweet came out where they're like, Hey, you know, Salah said all the right things. This is just a guy who Xavier Gibson took over the role. Do you think something more was going on there? Because Nicole Hardman quote tweeted with the captions. I'm like, hmm, like, uh-huh, sure. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what was happening. But it seems like even if there was more going on, I think that's a positive thing because it didn't become public. They moved on from him and they let it stay quiet. Do you think there was something more going on? And do you, what, how would you... How do you think they handled
0: it? I, I think it was, yeah there was more going on behind the, behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, you've been saying that all year. You I, you have been.
0: But you have to take your hat off to McCall Hartman for not speaking on anything other than I want to play, I want to win. Like you have to take your hat off to that guy. You know what I mean? But I'm t- I told you. I said when you see a guy get signed to free agency, you're you're looking at it as how are we going to use him? Well, you brought him over here because, one, you're watching film on him, on him before you bring him in. So you already know how you're going to use this guy. And then for you to sign this guy for a decent one-year deal and you don't use him, there's something going on. And maybe someone don't like him or maybe they feel like they don't, he don't fit the scheme or I don't know, maybe they're not buddies with the – I don't know. But I, I've I've seen it myself. I've heard it myself where – Guys get signed. And I told you, when you move coaches around, when you move management around, bringing in certain guys, some people just don't mesh for for what they want in the organization. And, you know, McCall did a a good job of keeping it in-house in the whole entire organization. You know what I mean? And they traded him back to, you know, Kansas City, which is probably going to be a scary site. I think they'll find a way to give him the ball. And he's going to definitely go help them win football games this year.
1: Yeah, they already look like they're back to their old form. Travis Kelsey, what, 180 yards or something like that. So I'm not too worried about the Chiefs. Uh, And yeah, I think he'll do great there. And I'm happy with how they handled it. They kept it in-house. Somebody did ask about another wide receiver, but we'll get to fan questions a little bit later. And I'll get to ask you that question then. So uh, we'll do that a little bit later. But before that, let's talk about the defense. The defense, I want to give them an A+. But here's my hesitation. I'm going to give them an A. Everything we want from this defense is turn the ball over, and pressure the quarterback. They've done that. Not only that, they're pressuring the quarterback with only three and four. That's the ultimate way to get wins. And they're forcing turnovers. This defense has been awesome. My one problem, and we talked about it with Quentin, we've talked about it all year, slow starts and how they play between the 20s. It feels like, and I looked up the stats actually, it's Quentin was right. that He said it's not even between the 20s. It's from, it's till the till they get to midfield. Once they cross the 50, we lock in. But it's till midfield. If you look at it statistically, their stats are, what they give up like some of the most yards per play before midfield and then some of the lowest yards per play after midfield so he was right he he obviously knew that he obviously they're obviously looking at this and it was cool to see that quinn and so on top of it but because the stats backed up what he said but how do they start faster and how do they get better between the 20 and the 50 yard line that is going to be how this defense takes it to the next level which is crazy because they're already definitely an a but i think to get to an a plus they just have to start quicker
0: I had to go with an A And I'm I'm almost pushing more toward a B plus.
1: Who's more positive than who? I don't
0: know. <laughs> I, I'm almost pushing it toward a B and And here's why. Um that defense is probably one of the best defense in the league right now in the red zone. I would like to see them improve, like you said, outside of that 50 yard line. You and I talked about it. In order for Zach Wilson to be successful in his offense, we can't allow him to keep marching downfield 75 yards. The defense does a tremendous job of keeping the offense out of the end zone, but they're putting up points, which causes a kickoff. Touchback, now we got to go 75 yards, where if you improved outside of the 50 and you force a team to to punt, and we talk about third down efficiency. I think the Eagles were like 50%. Right now, the New York Jets defense is sitting in the middle to the bottom half of, of, of you know, teams in the league on third downs. They have to find a way to get off the field on third downs to help Zach Wilson out. And I know they're probably saying, man, this man crazy. We're helping him out. They're only putting up three points. But when they put up three points, they're kicking it. Now we have to go 75 yards. If they can just improve in that area, that will help out Zach Wilson. I think so. I, I, I absolutely think he'll be a better quarterback, giving him a short field. So I'm going to have to go, I'll go with an A-. minus. They're doing what they're supposed to do. You're talking about them, the turnover margin is insane. I mean, the, the talk of it is saying, hey, offenses sell tickets and defense win games. Well, right now, defense is selling tickets and they're winning games for the New York Jets, man. So I'll yeah. have to go with an A- minus just because they need improvement in the other areas uh, on the field.
1: Yeah, I would say that with that, it, it's it's almost too reliant on the turnovers. And that's why you need to start forcing teams to punt. Because if they don't get the turnovers, which sometimes the turnovers run dry, they lose games. So I, I do agree with you there. As far as special teams, A+. This has been the best unit on the Jets for me. Um, Zerline has been perfect nearly. Thomas Morstead, I think, is the team MVP so far. And Xavier Gibson has been a pleasant surprise. And even in the game, when they lose Justin Hardy and you think all of a sudden there's going to be a tough time, right? With your special, he's one of your special teams leader. He's the captain. Everyone who stepped in played great. They had incredible special teams against, they're flying all over the field against Philly also. So, uh, I give it an A plus. What do you have?
0: I give him an A plus. Um, you know uh Brent Boyer he's doing a, he's doing a tremendous job with that unit he's 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 one of my favorite coaches I've I've played for he he's a play, he, he was a former player played a long time understands the game and he puts those guys in the right position like you said Thomas Morstead is is doing a good job of, of punting the ball uh changing changing the 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 uh field position and and Greg and Greg Zorline is doing a good job kicking like Let's not sleep on him because we're not we're not scoring touchdowns. We're kicking field goals. So you have to give your head off to him uh, kicking, kicking the way he's kicking. Uh, special teams creating turnovers, you know, Xavier Gibson having a, a touchdown. I like to see one more maybe, uh, you know, a return touchdown this year. Uh, those type of things, man, that changes the game, the momentum of a game. So I'll definitely say that our our special teams unit right now is playing the best football out of all three. Uh, units on the on the field
1: as a player, how important if at all was it for you to have a coach who played? Was that something that was really important to you or it just didn't matter who the coach was
0: um i think I think a lot of players uh you would like for i like players, <laughs> you know what I mean because they understand the game it's it's just not it's it's not about you know, grabbing a controller, playing Madden. It's like they understand what it really feels like to be in week eight saying, hey, man, I need to maybe take this rep off or maybe we shouldn't be running this much. Let's get to this detail, that detail, over having me run 50 yards at practice, saving my legs, you know, taking the physicality out and understanding, hey, let's just focus on mental reps. Like all those things play a part, man. Um, You know, I was always told by coaches, it's easy to be tough with another man's body. So when you have a player's coach, a guy that played the game, he understands what it's like to be late in the season, in, in, especially in, in New York and out there in the East Coast, man, when it's starting to get cold. It, you know what I mean? It's starting the weather's starting to change. You're not moving the same way you were moving. Cause you're only healthy. We always say this, Rami, right? mean, you're only healthy after after day one, you're not healthy anymore. Like, you know what I mean? You're you're only healthy before you put uh you step on the field uh Before that practice, but man, I I really respect uh, the players, coaches, man. Honestly,
1: speaking of coaching, what would you give as a grade to the coaching so far this season?
0: You have to give him an A. You have, I mean, just to, to to take that 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 loss in in Aaron Rodgers, everybody had this expectation. I think I think Rob Sala did a great job preseason of bringing the awareness to his team and saying, hey, guys, um, do not let all the hype get to us. We have to calm down. We're the talk. We're the topic. This is the hottest the Jets have ever been. And then go from losing his guy to saying, hey, we're still good. We're okay. Keeping everything in the house, keeping everything together. You know, I'm sure he probably was leaning on his on his leader, his leader leadership. I think from a defensive standpoint, Jeff is doing a good job, Jeff Albrecht. He's doing a good job. Like he's still putting his players in position to make plays and they're making them. You see the turnovers. He's putting the guys in the right position. They're making the plays. Nathaniel hack it. You have to give it to him with what he has under center. He's doing a good job. I mean, he it's <laughs> like he almost was listening to our podcast, man. Like changing the offense for Zach Wilson. And he's doing just that. And Zach Wilson is doing what we asked of him. We don't want you to put up four or five touchdowns, Zach. We just need you to put up maybe two <laughs> for, for 200 yards. You know what I mean? Just take care of the football, manage the game. And, um, you know, you just have to you have to take your hat off to that, man.
1: And the pre-snap motion that Hackett has had. I, I'll, I'm i going to go B+. Plus. Here's why. I love what you said about the resiliency and that Salah gets a ton of credit. Jeff Ulbrich, I think, has been one of the best defensive minds and Salah's endorsing him to be a head coach. It's that's how good he's been and his schemes, especially second halves, uh, second half adjustments for this team are as good as I've ever seen. I don't remember this team ever coming out of the second half and having adjustments like this. It feels like every time they go into halftime, they improve. And I want to ask you a question about that in a second. Salah keeping the guys together. The only thing is my hesitation is with Hackett a little bit because of just I want to see more pre-snap motion. I want to see more moving Zach outside the pocket, trying some ch- trying to get Zach going a little bit more. I know he's been better, but uh just the scheme. It took like it, it also felt like it took till the Kansas City game to take the handcuffs off, to take that the, the the training wheels off. Like second half of the Chiefs game, I would have liked to have seen just air it out. You got nothing to lose. Second half, sorry, of the of the New England game. I would have liked to have seen that. So Um, Just a little bit there. And then with Salah, his in-game management is not as much as I'd love it to be. His clock management, you know, lack of awareness sometimes on the field. Guys, you know, making some costly mental errors or the, you know, not being able to score at the end of halves and how they've managed end of halves. Uh, What I will say, I'll give him a ton of credit because I know you and I didn't talk about this yet, was he was very thought out about why Brees should score right away. He thought Brees should score right away against Philly, he said, because as long as we score, it doesn't matter because I trust my team to hold them to not have to score to not be able to score a touchdown. But if it's a field goal game, then all of a sudden all they have to do, but we have a bend but don't break defense. So it was kind of interesting how he said they said doesn't matter. I'd much rather them have a minute and fi- 40 seconds, but have to score a touchdown than have a minute and have to get a field goal, only a field goal. So that was very, very cool to hear. Um, I want to ask you about that though, about adjustments. I, so my grade's a B plus, but about adjustments, how often is it? Like, what is that? Do they actually go? You only have like, by the time you get into the locker room, it's probably what ten minutes in there. Like, mm-hmm. are is there any actual real adjustments that happen? Because people talk so much about halftime adjustments, everyone makes a big deal about it. I mean, we could barely get through like two segments of the NFL and CBS doing like their highlights, like. How much time is there actually to make adjustments? Are there any real adjustments going down during that halftime?
0: Absolutely. That's the third phase of the game. You know what I mean? Like when you come out, the first phase is game plan. And, and then the second phase is, you know, you get in there the second quarter, they kind of, you kind of filling out the opponent. Like, well, they're not playing the way we thought they would play. They, you know, this, this linebacker isn't playing like I saw on film. He's falling back or he's shooting. He's overshooting. And then when you get in into halftime, it's like, hey guys, they're, they're adjusting well to our da, da da da. So this is what we need to do. They're adjusting to our three by one, right? Our trips, or they're adjusting to this, and we need to come back with this. We're all right. We've already shown this, so now we can hit them with the counter. Now we can do, and that's good coaching. You have to make adjustments. You have to make adjustments. And and Rami, I've been a part of teams where coaches didn't make adjustments, and you saw it. And I won't say it, what coach. But I remember the year, and I'll it was say it Adam mi-
1: Gase can't go for it. Oh, absolutely, can you know. <laughs> yes,
0: you could tell. I mean, he did not make adjustments. I'm like, how are we not making adjustments at halftime? I'm like, they're killing us. They're, I mean, they know exactly. It's almost like, it's almost like they they knew exactly what we were running. Like it was so it was so predictable. So I'm like, why are we not in here making adjustments? And it's miserable as a player because I'm well, like, are you hey, doing man. it
1: halftime without making adjustments? Like guys are checking their phones and stuff. Like what's I, happening? I, I,
0: I'm chilling, man. I'm, you know, I'm on the bike or something. I'm stretching. I, I might eat me a little, you know, snack or something, like a little peanut butter and jelly sandwich. In-flight snack,
1: you know, in-game snack. Yeah.
0: Same thing. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, man, there was no adjustments being made. There was no, not one coach on, on a board saying, Hey, we need to be doing, you know, they're overshooting this and we're going to sit here. It's like nothing. It's like, we're just going to go out here and get beat up. And and you saw it. <laughs> that was probably the worst football I've been a part of my entire life.
1: Dude, it blows my mind. It's just, I mean, I, I know it from watching it, but just hearing it it, it, it boggles my mind. All right. Well, hope it seems like they have adjustments and they're making halftime adjustments this year. So that's the good thing. Uh, So we won't have to talk about the Jets embarrassing past. Speaking of adjustments, there are some things that you haven't expectations, high expectations for coming into the year. Some things you have lower expectations for and you have to adjust your expectations. So what's been your biggest surprise from what you've seen so far in the first half in a positive way? A pleasant surprise? And what's been your biggest disappointment from the first half so far?
0: Um, My biggest surprise right now is the fact that the New York Jets are sitting at 3-3. and I I don't think... I think when when Aaron went down, I think everything... I think people were thinking a winless season. They were thinking a winless season. They because they they've been on the same train with Zach now for three years.
1: One quarter into the Chiefs game, that. it felt like a one win season. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we did exactly. And then now to see them three and three and to see the way the division is playing out right now and to see that they have a chance is very surprising to me. Um I called it, but I'm still surprised. You <laughs> know, I like to I like to speak the positive, but I'm I'm surprised, and I think my biggest disappointment right now uh, with the way everything is playing out is that loss to the New England Patriots, especially with them beating uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, Sunday. I mean, you wish you would have had that one back. I think if we – I think I wouldn't say way If the New York Jets played somewhat the way they've been playing in these last two or three weeks – that will be a win for the New York Jets. Yeah,
1: if they play against, if they play the way they played against the Chiefs, which in is the game they, they, they win, lost, they win the they, game. They, they definitely win that game,
0: four and two, four and 100%. two, hundred percent,
1: Oh my goodness,
0: that's the biggest disappointment for me. Um, outside of the Aaron Rodgers injury, I think Obviously. everybody would would agree with that one. But um, and I, I think a lot of people are still disappointed at the the fact that having Aaron Rodgers in your in your locker room, on your team, I think the growth of Zach Wilson yeah and the development of Zach Wilson I mean, he came out like he was timid and I'm like, you have nothing to lose, man like let right. it go i'm I'm still waiting, I think we're all waiting for him to let just let it go I mean at the end of the day, just let this thing go, you know what I mean and that's that's one of my biggest disappointments.
1: Well, before we take a quick break, I want to ask you this. You talked about disappointment and you talked about manifesting positivity. You talked about kind of trying to talk about positivity. Aaron Rodgers is very into manifestation, very into positivity. He sounds like he wants to come back in a month. You know, he's out there on the field throwing the football. How much of that is him just trying to keep himself motivated? How much of it is him wanting attention? And how much of it is realistic?
0: Uh I think realistically he's uh he's insane. <laughs> well, I mean coming off an Achilles um injury. Uh, but I think I think it is that's that's just who he is, a guy that, you know, tries to speak the, the positive and the manifest things out of his mind into the world. That's him. That's just who he is. Um I don't know him personally, but just listening to him speak about just you know, just thinking positive and being and being positive. Um, and I think he's trying to stay positive for the for the fan base. He's trying to get the fan base something to fight for. He's he's trying to be around the guys, trying to have the positive energy, the positive mindset uh, for his teammates. And I think he's just trying to be positive for Zach, man. I, I think he feels. I think he feels bad for Zach. You you have to like if you're someone of a human, man. And the guy that played this game personally, um, I think some people sometimes forget that we are human, just wearing a uniform. And, you know, Zach's a young man, and he's in one of the biggest media markets in the world. I don't have to say it. You don't have to say Zach Wilson isn't playing good, because Zach Wilson knows he isn't playing good. I think, you know, we don't have to remind him of that he's human. He knows. He's watching film. He understands it. And he has to deal with it and live with it as a professional. And I think Aaron Rodgers sees that, man. A guy that has been playing this game for as long as he's been playing it, understand that when you're called to be in front of a franchise, you have to live and and, and, and perform to an expectation every day. Like, Rami, you're getting graded every rep at practice. Every, every rep is graded. Everything that you do is graded, is evaluated, you know, uh, but I just think Aaron Rodgers is just a positive dude. He's trying to do that, especially late on in, in his career. He knows it. He's, he's on his way out. Yeah, He's just trying to leave on a positive note, man.
1: Yeah, and for Zach Wilson, one thing you did mention, he knows he's playing bad. It felt like last year he didn't. That's the biggest improvement I've seen in Zach Wilson is that he understands that he needs to be better. He goes to the – he has the, the humility. He goes to the – and it, this has been a humbling experience for him, right? Bringing in the quarterback – And then the way the season almost went down the tank with him at quarterback. So I think it's been a humbling experience for him. And I appreciate his maturity that he's going to the press conference and taking accountability. Remember after the chiefs game. So that's the biggest difference. All right. We're going to take a quick break and coming back from the break. I have one comment for you about the head coach. I have a comment for you about the owner. And then we're going to ask answer some fan questions before uh, we talk about the giants, which is going to, we're going to do on next episode also, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with all that in a moment. <clears throat> all right, coming back and we could do this. We could start poking holes in the jets wins, but I'm not going to do it because the NFL, it's hard to win. So three and three were positive. You turned it around. You turned me around. I just needed to talk to you. I hadn't spoken to you in over a week. So that's why uh, I needed your positive energy to help me get back into the positive thinking all right so i'm i'm trying to manifest like aaron Rodgers, trying to positively (laughs) think that the jets are going to beat this god-awful uh giants team before we talk about that um we did talk about what players do during the bye week a little bit and aaron Rodgers said something very interesting on pat mcafee last week he said that woody johnson the owner of the new york jets was going to keep the jets in the building like you said till thursday that sometimes happens uh if they didn't beat the Eagles and then Salah convinced him to let everyone off after the big Eagles win. To me, that's such a violation. Like you're the owner. I get it. You pay the checks, but the fans, we pay you to hire football people to run this team and run this organization properly as a player. How would you feel if this guy seems overly involved? He seems like he's meddling. Like, is that an issue for the jets players?
0: I don't think so. Uh, um, Obviously, when I was playing, Woody wasn't really around the way he is now, man. I would have loved for Woody to be around uh, more, man, I, I, honestly. Um, but as far as the the bye week, man, honestly, uh, Rob was solid being able to go to him and say, hey, they need this time off because they're three and three. They need this time because it is an early bye week. And, and now we're just going to have a long season going ahead. We need to get an entire week off, just mentally get away from it. I think that's that's. That's fair, uh, from from Robert's uh, standpoint. Um, now, as far as losing and, and staying in there, you have that. You you have coaches that that don't allow their players to go an entire week or or get away for an entire week. And and you know, for for me as a player, th- that entire week wasn't like practice, practice, practice. It was you know maybe a walkthrough. Or maybe maybe some workouts. Just say, hey, you know, we know you guys are going to take a whole week off. But you don't want to take a whole week off. That sets you back coming in next week. How about we come in as a team, we watch some film, get ahead, get ahead of the game plan, and get some workouts in before you guys go on and be with your family. I get it. But, you know, Woody Johnson makes the call. <laughs> you know, yep. but I only I only know Woody from that from that that standpoint of of, of being a player. You know, you as the fan, like Woody, who are you to say? You know, I pay you, know? but I mean, that's that's Robert. I think he made the right call. Um, you know, for a head coach to be able to go to the owner, uh, that that shows the organization or the fan base the the relationship that those two guys have because you don't usually have that.
1: Yeah, I want to go in a couple directions with this because you mentioned a few things there. Number one, I think some guys were in the building because Sauce Gardner did tweet out like uh, he was getting treatment and stuff and maybe he still had to pass concussion protocol. I'm not sure what happened, but he did uh, post a picture on his Instagram story and it seemed like he was definitely in the Jets facility. Um, Knocking in another direction though, you talked about the head coach, you talked about Robert Sala. Robert Sala, you saw the team celebrating after the win. The Jets keep putting out more and more videos, one Jets drive and all these things of you know, how excited they were after the win. And sometimes it feels like, you know, you can over-celebrate a win like that. But I understand you're going into the bye. But what Robert did after the game was interesting. He made a comment about how they played a gauntlet of quarterbacks in the first six weeks and they embarrassed all of them. I love the comment. I think it was great. I think he's showing how much he loves the defense. But do you think it's putting too much of a target on his team's back? Or is he showing, I'm confident in you guys to continue doing this? Or are other quarterbacks around the league and be like, we want to embarrass you now?
0: I think that's Robert Osala having a proud moment of of how his defense is performing. Being maybe he's starting to return
1: receipts. Some of those, yeah, exactly because
0: because he probably heard the comments. He's he's been getting probably some who who knows. I mean, certain comments about when Robert went um, down, Aaron Rodgers went down, and he's probably saying, "Hey, we we're still here, regardless of of what you write as as a reporter, regardless of." what you say on the blogs or or whatever it is, he's letting you know that, all right, despite the fact that we're probably not playing our best on offense, you guys still have to respect our defense. Like, you have to respect what they're doing. I mean, what they did to arguably the best quarterbacks in the league, what they did, right? He's still saying, hey, our defense is alive. Our season is still alive, and and we're going to continue to fight. I think that's just a proud moment for him as, as a coach. And it's also fighting for his defensive coordinator, saying hey, he's still doing a good job. That's an opportunity to promote him to go on to get a head coaching job. I mean, there's so many different things that can happen uh, with just that comment and and why he said it, the motive behind of why he said it and mentioned it. But it's just a reminder to people how well that defense is playing. Like, Like I told you, man, if they get a lot – if they get better – in other categories you can you can you're going to be able to witness a historical defense i mean if they can just find a way to play in other situations the way they've been playing in a red zone it's going to be historical right and it's going to be something that you're going to talk about for years to come if the new york jets sorry giants giants week talking about the giants <laughs> if the new york jets find a way to get into the playoffs with just the defense, the heart and soul of this defense, Bravo Osala wants to make sure that you remember that interview when he said
1: it. Yeah, 100%. And he has something to be proud of. Look at this week. I guess two of the defenses that maybe we would have thought were the best defenses in the league, San Francisco and Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland gets exposed by Indianapolis. And then San Francisco didn't even look that great on defense obviously you know that one interception could have been or the one touchdown could have been an interception but they also the other interception could have been a touchdown so you know you go back and forth with that with Jordan Addison some crazy plays but the two defenses San Francisco and uh, like I mentioned um, Cleveland that maybe you would have thought are better than the Jets they got exposed this week so you see that the Jets defense really could be an elite maybe number one defense in the league so I do like him saying that now we're going to go to fan questions and I want to do this as often as possible. I want people to send in questions. I think we're going to try and do this every Thursday, uh, but I want people to send in because Bilal is happy to answer your questions. And this is why I, I kind of gear this episode more towards me asking questions to Bilal about players and, Different things that you guys can speak to the bye week and all these things that I asked you today because I feel like that's what people want to hear. You have such a unique perspective being with this organization for nine years. Uh, so, we got a lot of really good questions, and I'm going to start right with it. But, guys, keep sending questions, send them to me, send them to Bilal, or uh, send them to flightsnack24 at gmail.com. And then you, you can join the show. You can be a part of the show. And we'll start with Barry. An interesting question from Barry here Are you and Jeremy Curley still in touch?
0: man guys guys change like change numbers <laughs> you know what i mean guys I have know. families <laughs> yeah <laughs> guys have families guys guys numbers change you know what i mean like uh guys you know obviously man with football man we're around each other almost 24/7 so when you hang up the cleats man and guys living in different cities and states it's just hard to stay in touch with with everyone man you you, you may have a few that you stay in touch with but um Nah man, honestly, no. Uh I'm not in touch with Curly. And right. uh, you know, as a as a former player, um a guy that, you know, I like to push that the alumni stick together. A lot of, you know, a lot of guys like check in on each other because of what's really going on outside of the transition. It's a really hard transition that I don't think a lot of people um realize um being a guy that now in March would be four years, being retired from this wow. game. You know what I mean? So,
1: yeah, and I feel like also he's not a guy who I've seen a lot back in the facility, back in the building. It's nice that you're getting involved with the team again. And I think that's super cool, and uh, it doesn't seem like he's like that. But hey, let's try and get him on the podcast. Brandon Marshall and- told me to get back involved with the organization. That's awesome,
0: Brandon. I talked to Brandon uh, probably about four or five months ago, and the first thing he said was, "Man, you need to get back in back in the building." I'm like, what are you doing? You know what I mean, like because yeah. guys like to stay away from it. You know when they do that transition thing, they don't know if they're welcome or not. And he's like, "Man, they want they want you back in the building." You know, Brandon Marshall. So shout out to Brandon for you know encouraging me to get back involved with the organization.
1: Well, Woody Johnson, speaking of him, posted some of the best moments from Jets Giants weeks, and he posted the video of you and the video of Brandon. Also, uh, you guys had two huge touchdowns, obviously against the Giants. Uh, so that, that was fun to see some fun some fun throwback memories, Justin. Uh, wants to know when are you going to another Jets game this year? I know you think you told me you're coming back in December. Am I right about that? So are you going to be hitting up a Jets game when you come back in town?
0: Yeah, I, I, I'll have to wait because I just took the the national head coaching job for uh, Team Kentucky here uh, for sixth graders, and you know hopefully we'll be competing for a national championship. Uh, not only, all- oh man, listen. Uh, I'm excited for these young dudes to come up and and get some good coaching from my staff, man. You know, I handpick my staff, so. But uh, I'll try to get to a game. I, I'm I want to try to catch that um, that Browns game for sure, because uh, you know it's not a, it's only like four and a half hours for me, so I'll drive up or whatever and, and go to that game. So I'll catch a couple games. I really want to try to get down to that uh, Miami game down in Miami.
1: Yep,
0: and uh, maybe one more home game. I want to try to make this year. So maybe, maybe three more games. You'll probably see me around. And if you see me, say what's up. I'm cool. Do what you want. Buy me a drink. Whatever you want to do.
1: <laughs> I I'm can attest. I ha- I haven't met you in person yet, which is crazy because we've been doing this a while. But uh, yeah. yeah, I can attest that you're you're a cool, good, really good person and fun to hang out with. So uh, that's that. Here's a great question from a, a just an all-time award listen li- award-winning listener who every episode after every episode he texts me and he always wants to give me feedback and stuff. So he's been awesome. His name is Mo. Here's what he asked. He said, Most fans know what's going on before a season, how deep a team is, how good the offense or defense could be. We generally have an idea of our team, of how good our team is going to be. With that being said, Bilal, what's the vibe in the locker room pre-week one of a team that collectively knows it will not be competing for the postseason that year? I'm sure you've had a feeling, that feeling a few times. Is the locker room different I've always wondered just going into the season when you know this isn't going to be a championship team. Is there a different vibe in the room going into the season?
0: Absolutely. You can look around. You can almost compare guys. You can look at your corners. You can see who they drafted. You can see who they brought in for free agency. You see how guys are getting evaluated at practice. You see who's making plays, who's not. Who's supposed to be making plays and they're not. Guys that you bring in depending on their hurt, they're staying hurt. They don't practice. They got a different mentality that they bring over from another organization. Guys that come to one of the biggest cities in the world and they don't know how to adjust to it. You see it. You feel it. And um, unfortunately, being professionals, you would think everybody has this one goal. Um, You think everyone loves football. You think everyone knows football. You know, everybody's playing football, but not everybody that walks through that door knows football, you know, and that, that's from a coaching standpoint as well. Like some coaches didn't even know what they were doing. You know, they they got on staff because of a buddy was in position to bring them in. You know, some guys that, that get signed are on a buddy system that they bring over. knowing on Goodwill, they don't fit the scheme that we have, but they just bring them over because of the relationship that they have with somebody else. There's a whole bunch of things that go on, man, with that. But you can definitely sense the vibe of okay, we look like a put together, a well put together team. And then there's times where you like you look around, you like, man, how is this dude even in the NFL? Like, how's he in the NFL locker room? Like, who, who, who? <laughs> yeah, it's a whole bunch of things. Trust me, you you know, as a player, you know, as an organization, I think if if. You know what I mean? Like, if, if it's going to be the season or not, or so down how do you year. make it through,
1: just a follow-up, how do you make it through 17 games or 16 games of getting, really being up for 16 games straight, knowing that you're not getting anywhere this year?
0: Honestly, I, not, just like, love, like I just draining, love the game right? of football. I, I love the yeah. game of football. You know, I can't speak for everyone else. Mm-hmm. I, I really love the game of football. And, you know, I pride myself on being a good teammate. So no matter who you brought in, you know what i mean i, I never had re- that 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 chance the opportunity to really be a, a a starter i think i could have been a starter had i had that chance a full time starter um but you know them bringing in certain guys and you know maybe they didn't like what they saw with me um i i really didn't worry about what everyone else was doing i just made sure that i i, I was a good teammate um that i was prepared uh because i understood the that it was a privilege playing in the nfl you know what I mean? They could have picked anybody else, but they picked me, and you know, um, I never took that for granted. Um, I prepared like a professional because I saw, you know, my veteran LT prepare the way he did, and I was, a, I was a, I was a sponge when he was in the building when he was walking around, and I, and I saw this greatness walking around, and that's what I wanted to make my mimic. You know, my career off of uh, definitely fell short of that, but uh, played a long time in his league. And, you know, when you when you have Curtis Martin walking around and you see him and he say to you, hey, you need to play 10 years and here you are in year, year three. Like, how am I going to get to 10 years? And I played nine. So but I did everything that that was necessary. Um, you know, I tried to be as consistent as possible. Um, that's that's one of the big, big upsides of playing and being a veteran is being consistent no matter what system. Um, you know, I played in off. I played in seven offenses. I've 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 heard the people that say if you want to kill your career, go to the New York Jets. Well, I played in nine years and I averaged four point three yards with the opportunity that was given to me. I did everything necessary, man. You know what I mean?
1: I think your attitude is what made you such a fan favorite. So uh I I again I appreciate hearing that. A couple more here. One from Dave. He, he I know we talked about this earlier on an earlier episode, kind of jersey swaps, but he uh he asked who which players have you jersey swapped with?
0: Oh man! All right, I, I guess you could
1: Brandon just give Marshall. me your top three. I
0: got, uh, my top three. I got an LT jersey. I didn't swap That's... with him. I just I needed that one though. Yeah, I got an LT. I have a Brandon Marshall. Um,
1: Brandon Marshall, the linebacker, obviously the linebacker. Denver, well, right?
0: linebacker. Yeah. yeah, the linebacker. Yeah, the linebacker. A Jalil die. So funny. Do you have a Brandon that. Marshall,
1: the receiver, who you played with, or?
0: You know what, man? I, I
1: told B Mars the other day. I think it
0: was a long time ago. I sent a jersey for him, the sign. He sent it, put it in the mail, and I never got it. So I, I don't know if somebody like, like hold on, Brandon it Marshall sent it, something here to Balou Powell. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it never arrived. I hit him up. He was like, "Oh no." But I, I still, I still want to reach out to a few guys, man. Like, I got to get my boy Demario Davis jersey. Uh, I got a German Curly jersey when he was in San Fran. Had to get that. We was we were draft mates. I want to make sure I get a Muhammad Wilkerson jersey. Um, I want to get a uh, Chris Johnson jersey. Um, I got to get a Fitzpatrick jersey. Uh, and I got a whole bunch in, in in stores that I that man. I don't. I, I gotta get them things up. Matter of fact, they all framed. I, I don't know what. I I tell you what. I'll, I'll record it and send it. We can try to post it so that you can see it on the on the YouTube channel.
1: All right. Perfect. Yeah, we'll do some social content. Good. Good. Uh, So look out for that, Dave. Um, Two more questions. One we saw on uh, Twitter and you kind of quote tweeted this. What were you thinking during that run against the Giants? Catch and run. Famous play. We have it in the open of every episode. Uh, What was going through your mind during that run?
0: Man, I just remember the late Tony Sperano telling me when I was a young running back and um, he was big on the power scheme. And, you know, I, I, I always wanted to kind of like bounce and bounce and bounce. He was like, hey, BP, come here. He was like, man, you need to learn. to You got to run through the smoke. Trust it. Run through the smoke. Run through the smoke. And, you know, and I was kind of like run through the smoke. I, I, he said, just run. He said, if you if you just put smoke in and you ran, you have to trust it. You're going to come out on the other side. And ever since then, um, I think that changed my game, honestly, coming from him. The very next play, we ran a power, uh, power right, like thirty six power, and I just remember just running. I broke an arm tackle from Bart Scott, and just kept going. He was like, "That's what I mean by running through the smoke." So when I got that play, you just got to get it and go. It's it's one of those things where you knew they were there in the prevent defense; they were just trying to stop you from getting the first down, trying to just hold you to three points. And it allowed the the, the old lineman, and it it was man to man, and if you look in that video, I didn't, t- I was supposed to turn around and turn my back to the linebacker. But all, all practice, I told, I told uh, uh, Chang Gady, um, Chang, what was that? Chang Gailey? Chang Gailey, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I told him, I said, man, coach, I don't feel comfortable turning my back to the, to the defense. He said, well, you got to, you got to look like it's run- you're running, a, you know, running toward the sideline. I said, no, coach, I, I- I-. and I was supposed to do it and I didn't do it and it ended up being, you know, man to man. Uh, got the got the linebacker to jump outside. When I caught the ball, I just saw like a lane, dude. And I just remember Coach saying, "Run through the smoke." And man, before you know it, I was in the end zone. Man, I had Steven really came over to me. He was like, "Bro," he was like, "Bro, that's the fastest I ever seen you run." I was like, "I don't know, man." And that was my first career touchdown, uh, receiving yeah. touchdown too. By the way.
1: Yeah, and by that that tunnel that opened up for you, it's what I hoped the Lincoln Tunnel was going to look like today. It did not. So just, uh, <laughs> just a heads up there. But um, yeah. one more fan question, and, and then uh, I will ask you a question, and then we'll get into Giants next week. Uh, or sorry, later this week. Last fan question. Devontae Adams is rumored to be available. They said maybe not, but whenever you say that you're not trading someone, that generally means that you might be trading that person. Obviously, if Aaron Rodgers was playing right now, the jets would be the favorite to get him. Do you think it makes sense to trade for a guy like Devonte Adams? Anyway, do you think the jets can make a move like that?
0: Uh he 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 wouldn't come here. No. why him. would he? No, no, no. He wouldn't come here. Um uh, I agree. Now, if you had a quarterback, if we if we had Aaron, it'd be a no-brainer to to go get him. Um but there's no sense of I mean You don't think Aaron can him convince him,
1: "Hey, I'm going to be back Christmas Eve." Trust me.
0: Um, I don't think so.
1: All right. Uh, I I I agree with you. I don't think so. And then my question for you, and this is a little bit of a tougher question, but 11 games remaining. Uh, it's been a fun season. It's an easier schedule now. The quarterback's the same though. Give me your expectation. What your prediction for the next 11 games for the Jets? What do you think happens the rest of the way?
0: Honestly, uh, these three These next three games are gonna gonna be important to just stack three games before you get back into the divisional games with with Buffalo and then you get back into a couple with, Miami Miami um you know I think it'd be good to possibly get three wins back to back to back before you get back into those divisional games going down into Buffalo, It's hard to win in Buffalo, let's be honest. um and then going against a very good uh Miami Dolphins team. We have it's gonna be very important. I think the 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 way the outcome of this season is gonna dictate is if we win these next three games. Honestly. I'm not I'm not saying going two and one. I think you have to run off three games in a row before you get back into the divisional game, build that confidence going into Buffalo, beat Buffalo, go down, Beat Miami. And put us in position to go play the Falcons, who right now I think they're surprising people sitting where they're sitting in their in their division. Um, I I think we got a chance, honestly, man. If you could put these three, these next three games are going to be big for us.
1: Yeah, it's I I agree with you. These are must win games, if you will, because they're three pretty bad teams teams that you should be able to beat. I already gave my prediction on last episode. I don't know if you heard it, but I said there'll be eight and eight and it'll come down to last week, week 18 in New England, and they'll have to beat New England to make the playoffs. Fingers crossed that you already oh know goodness. that that's how it's going to happen, because that's yeah. how it always that's how is. Bill,
0: that's how Bill Belichick set this thing up.
1: Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> script, the NFL script, Ooh, is yeah, this script. But if Aaron Rodgers comes out of that tunnel, oh man, I will lose my mind. So we'll talk about all that. We'll start by talking about Giants, Giants week. We'll get into all of that a little bit later this week. Until next time, I'll see you later, buddy, all right? All
0: right, man. I'll see you. See
1: ya. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Thank you
0: for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.